He's alive, amen? He's alive. Hallelujah. I want to share with you some of the word today. They bring my podium up here. I want to share with you out of Matthew 28. Verses 1 through 8. And it's titled, He is Risen. He is risen. Amen. He is risen indeed. It says, now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Verse 5, but the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come into your word today, I pray that your word would become life to every single one of us. That, Father God, we'd not miss the reason that we're here today. Lord, we're here because of what Jesus has done for us. And, Father, that we may all partake of that today. We thank you for this time, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, Pope John Paul II was shot four times. Two of them lost into his lower intestines, the other hitting his left hand, and the other his right arm. This assassination attempt in the Pope, May 1981, left him severely wounded and considerable blood loss. His health was never the same after that. In 1981, the perpetrator, Ali Akka, I don't know if I'm saying that right, was sentenced to life imprisonment for this act. Pope John Paul asked people to pray for my brother Ali, whom I've sincerely forgiven, the Pope said. Two years later, he was taken, he, he was to take the hand of Ali, then in prison and quietly tell him that he had forgiven him for what he had done. Even though his would-be killer had not asked for forgiveness. He developed a friendship over years, meeting Ali's mother in 1987 and his brother a decade later. In June 2000, Ali was pardoned by the Italian president at the Pope's request. In February of 2005, Ali sent a letter to the Pope wishing him well. When the Pope died on April 2nd, 2005, Ali's brother Adrian gave an interview saying that Ali and his entire family were grieving and that the Pope had been a great friend to them. Pope John Paul II's response of love and mercy is exemplary. 
No matter what you think about the Pope, it's a remarkable thing that he did. God's love and mercy is more extraordinary for all of us because at the cross, Jesus didn't pardon just one man. He pardoned all of us. Amen. All of us. His mercy and truth. See, he pardoned everyone that would receive it. Accepted into their lives what Jesus did. And it's available to all, but not all will accept it. It says many are called, but few are chosen. And what that means is many, God has called everybody, but not everybody's going to receive him. Not everybody's going to accept what he's done. You have to believe in him to, to get it. Amen. I was talking to this guy one day at work. I used to be an injection mold maker. And we were working away, and they all knew I was a Christian. I mean, everywhere I went, people knew I was a Christian. Not because I preached, but just because of the way I treated them. So this guy is telling me, we're talking about creation. He said, I think we came up out of the sea. I said, really? He goes, yeah, I think we were once sharks. And we came up, you know, we ended up crawling up onto the land and, and coming up right and walking, and we became man. I'm like, that takes a lot of faith to believe that. <laughs> I was a little taken back by that one. I hadn't heard that one before, Jake. I was like, whoa. I said, well, I believe in a creator, an intelligent designer. You know, as it talks about in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, that God spoke and there was. And that he took some dust and he formed a man and he breathed life into him. And there we were. Woo! God created us. And I believe it's easier to, to believe that God created us than to walk out of the sea. Amen. But you have to believe to receive. Hebrews eleven six it tells us this. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. So let, let's make that number one today. You must believe that he is. Amen. You got to believe that he is. And once you start looking to him, as creator, things will start changing in your life. Your view of things will change. You'll start looking through a different lens. It's then you can look into the mirror and realize that God created you in his image. You were created in his image. Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So we have dominion over all the creeps too, amen? Everything that creeps on the earth. So we're created in God's likeness. And when he says that we're in his likeness, I mean, you just look around the room. Turn on the lights, Mario, so we can see. Look around the room. Look, we got Chinese right here. We got Spanish right behind them, you know. We, we have uh, Nigerian right over here. I mean, we got all kinds of different races in this room today. We all look different. Some got white hair. Some got brown hair. Some got 
black hair, red hair. I mean, we all look different, but he said we're made in the image of God. And what he said we're made in the image is that God wants to put who he is in us. That's how we were created. We're in the image of God, that his character was put into us. That God wants us to walk and live and be like him, amen? That's what he's looking for. It doesn't mean that we're all, you know, I can't look at Pastor Peter and say, well, that's what God looks like. Well, I can. I can say that's what God looks like. He looks like Pastor Peter. Amen, he does. He, he, he looks like Mark Cranmere too. Oh my gosh, God looks like Delanda too. Delanda one time, she said, God, I just want to see you. God, please just show yourself to me. And God said, look around. He said, you see Don Maurice? You know what you like in her? You know that love that she pours out? You know what you like. You know, and I, I mean, when me, when, I, when I'm looking for God, I look at Delanda and I, I see the love that you just pour out when you hug somebody and you care for them and you just, you accept unconditionally and you find the gold in people. And just like God does, and you love them, and you hug them. And, and it, I, you know, we were in a country one time, and we were praying for everybody. Now, we prayed for people, listen, for six and a half hours straight. It was an incredible meeting. And as we were praying for people, I, I was praying and prophesying and ministering. And, and then Delanda, she grabbed this lady, and she hugged her. And the lady went, like, what are you doing to me right now? And she, she hugged that lady. And then Delanda's like, I'm not letting go no matter what. And she just hugged that lady. And pretty soon that lady just slowly just melted into Londa. She just started crying. And she just wept and broke because of the love of God that, that poured out through you. And see, that's the God in you. Who's God in you? You're a worshiper, man. <laughs> I mean, heaven rejoices when you come and you start just letting it flow. I, I remember we had, a, we had like 10 churches here one night doing that. And all the pastors sat up on the stage. You know, sometimes us pastors can be stiff. <laughs> not me, man. <laughs> I'm not including me in that. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was sitting up on the stage with us because she was gonna share, and she goes, and uh, the pastors are like, "What is that?" I said, "That's somebody that loves God, not afraid to show it." See, you can see God everywhere if you're looking around. You know, people say, what about those people that never hear about God? What about those people that are in the jungle that nobody's ever gone to preach? The word of God declares that creation itself reveals God. Amen. You can see God in everything. Amen. And we're created. Look at your neighbor and say, you're created in his likeness. In his likeness. We resemble God. Amen. Full of the love of God. He wants to make us holy, righteous, and pure. When we live in a world full of sin and sickness, but God doesn't expect us to model that. He expects us to model him.
Amen? Him. That's the intent with us being created. And you might say, well, my mom and dad created me through God. Trust me. Man was created by God through God for his intent. We were created to worship him. We were created to walk with him and to talk with him. We were created so that we might bless God all the days of our lives. Now we can, we can walk through, we can walk it out in our lives because we, if we believe that he is, he is. Everybody say, he is. He is. Now as you read the New Testaments in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see the miracles that Jesus did. I mean, you just read, start with the book of Mark and you read it. He just jumps right into miracles. It's just fast paced, miracle, miracle, miracle. Like three major miracles in chapter one of Mark. He just goes right after it, just sharing. Mark is like mesmerized by the miracles that Jesus did. And he just starts sharing them. He healed the sick, he cast out demons, he raised the dead. Incredible things. He did these things. And there was, a, there was a purpose behind doing these miracles. And it's number two today. That we would believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. And this is in John 20, 31. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Amen. So we, when we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the son of God. Amen. That is the step we take towards being saved. How many of you believe today that Jesus is the son of God? Amen. Amen. This is, this is an important belief. Not, not just in God as creator, but in God, the son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the reason is so important. John three sixteen, and most known verse in all the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That, so that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And when he, when he talks about everlasting life, everlasting life doesn't start when you die. It starts when you believe. Then when you believe and you receive what Jesus has done, that's when it starts. That's when real living begins, amen? Going to heaven and spending eternity with God is based on what we believe in and who we believe in, amen? Believing that Jesus is the son of God is what brings us to eternal life. And I know this, listen, we, God created us in his image. God is an eternal being, right? God always was, he is, and forever will be. So, and we're created in his image. So he put the spirit into your body and that spirit is gonna live forever and it's gonna live somewhere. It's either gonna live in heaven or it's gonna live in hell. It's either going to live in victory or it's going to live in torment. And you know what? God doesn't get to decide that. You do. You get to decide where you're going to spend eternity. You get to decide whether you're going to believe that God is and you're going to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. You get to decide that, what you're going to believe. 
But not believing is not a choice. He says, if you're not for me, you're against me. So, but if you believe that God is your creator, it's easier to believe that Jesus Christ is his son. Amen. And if we do that, we're one step closer going to heaven. How many of you want to go to heaven? I know I do. When we sing, where's Cindy? When you sing, come up out of that grave, I'm thinking, you know, because the reason why that song, come up out of that grave, it means the dead in Christ will rise first when that trumpet sounds. This is what the law, the law, I can't even say that word. Thessalonians says, the dead in Christ. <laughs> yeah, so I, was, I was saying the Colossians and Thessalonians mix, but Thessalonians, the dead in Christ will rise first when the trumpet sounds, and then those that are alive and well will go after. So the dead come up out of that grave, come up out of that grave. When we come up out of that grave, if you're dead coming up out of that grave, when that trumpet sounds, you're going to go and be with Jesus. Amen? You're going to ruin rain. If you get left in the grave, then you got a problem. I've been watching all these rapture movies on TV. I just, I like them because I like to see how people interpret the Bible, you know. But one thing I do know, man, I watch, you know, the ones where the clothes just, and the people are gone. I watched one where the people just fell on the ground and their eyes turned blue. And they were gone, you know. I mean... But, but the, the terrible part, the terrible part was those that were left behind. We watched one where this kid was walking behind his mom. His mom was a believer, took her son to church, and he sat there and played on his phone in the church. Just, just checking. Yeah. <laughs> He sat there and played on that phone. And then his mom picked him up one day from school. And, and, and they're, they're walking to the front door. And mom's coming to the front door. And she sticks the keys in the door. And all of a sudden, it's like a flash happened. And she was gone. And he's standing there. And he's looking at the keys in the door. And he's looking. And his mom's gone. And he goes up and he pulls the keys out of the door. And he's like... And he takes off running. You know where he ran? He ran to the church where his mom had been taking him all his life. Mm. And there was no one there. Mm. See, so when that trumpet sounds, people are going to go, but not everybody. Because if you don't believe that God is, and if you don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, you've got a problem. You got a block that's keeping you from heaven. And you got to tear down that block. You've got to get rid of that block. You got, I mean, I'd blow that sucker up with dynamite. Because you don't want it, anything that blocks you from God. Amen. You don't want anything that's going to hold you back from obtaining what God has for you, which is heaven one day. But I believe that we can have heaven on earth because when I came to Jesus, man, my life changed here now. Right here, this altar, my life was transformed. But there is another step to all this. One more belief I want to throw at you today. 
It's in Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. It's openly declaring your faith that you're saved. So let's make number three, believe and confess that Jesus died and rose from the dead. He's alive. Amen. It's a positive confession of your faith of what you believe. It's more than just saying a prayer because many people have said the prayer. Many people have come to the altar and said a prayer and made a confession of faith. It's believing in your heart to the point that you're willing to allow God to transform you into his image. See, it's when you say that prayer, the woman of God got up and she prophesied. She said, what you were, leave it here, leave it here. Don't take it with you. Old things, the Bible says, old things passed away. All things become new. That's the idea when you come to Jesus, when you believe that he is, amen? When you believe that Jesus is the Christ, And you believe that he died for you and he rose again and that he's alive today so that all of our sins can be forgiven. Listen, if you're here today, you have not committed a sin that can't be forgiven. And you say, well, what about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? If you blasphemed the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here seeking God today. So he forgives all of our sins. And the word declares that he heals us of a disease. He's alive today. And he's in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And you know what he's doing right now? He's praying for us. He's praying for each one of us. So when you you make this confession, though, it's got to be from your heart. It can't be just something that you do because... I remember when I, when I came to the Lord when I was younger and, and I, I got so excited. I, I mean, because I, I hung out with the party guys in high school and everything. And man, I met Delanda, you know, and she's like, her mom's like, you're going to go to church with us? I'm like, I'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there, man. And I came, you know, my mom came to this church. I came to this church. My mom brought me to this church in 1975. And so here it was, 79, and I was a wayward, crazy guy. And I meet Delanda on my 18th birthday, and I go to her house for dinner. And her mom says, are you going to go to church with us? I'm like, oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I came to church, and, and I didn't plan on surrendering. You know, because I knew what that meant. But then the Holy Spirit fell on me. I was sitting back over here and the Holy Spirit fell and I started crying. I'm like, oh man, I'm here with my girlfriend and I'm crying like this. You gotta be kidding me. And I met, I ran to the altar. I gave my life to Jesus. And that's why I went out the next day. I told my friends, I said, you gotta come to church with me. They're like, what? I said, you gotta come to church. I said, ah, Ron, come on. I said, no, man, come on. We're going to, because we were having revival meetings. And I brought him and I said, 
come on, man, you want to go to the altar? Okay. And he came and he cried and he got saved. And, and so the next day we get up, I said, man, wasn't last night great? And he goes, eh. I go, what do you mean, man? I go, you were down at the altar. He goes, oh, well, he goes, well, I kind of feel like you made me do it. <laughs> See, there was confession, but it wasn't from his heart. But yet he was crying. He was broken. And he knew he needed something more. But you got to do it from your heart. With your whole heart. He says, I believe. So that you know that one day when that trumpet sounds, that you're going to go. My heart for all of us today would be to make that confession of faith. But not just to make me happy, but to make you happy. Because I know that true joy is in Jesus Christ. It's in knowing him as Lord and Savior. Believe that God is. Believe that Jesus is his son. Believe to the point of confession of your heart to him. One day he's coming. It could be tomorrow. Could be today. I mean, I don't know. We don't know, but I know this. If you're planning on doing it later, good luck. It's like playing Russian roulette. You just spin in the revolver with your life. I'm sure that boy that played on the phone during church who saw his mom disappear wishes he would have made commitment with his heart. We watched another movie. They got arrested. These two girls that went to church that they never made the commitment to Christ, but they knew. And then when the rapture happened, the one girl her parents took the mark of the beast and they turned her in. They turned her in. And the Bible talks about that. that that's what's going to happen. It could be five in the family and three will, three will go with God and two won't or, or two will and three won't. That not everybody in the family is going to surrender to Jesus. And that girl was just so torn up that her parents had taken the mark, number one, that they'd taken the mark, number two, that they turned her in. And she went on the run and she was with her girlfriend and they got captured and somebody else turned them in that they trusted. And they were in the room. And you know, they call you one at a time to come to the back. And in the back was a... a, a guillotine but the one girl got called and she turned to her friend she goes no matter what don't take the mark don't take the mark and she went in the back then they called the other girl 
she gets up to go and then her friend comes out and she's got the mark on her forehead and she's like what'd you do she's like oh take the mark take the mark live take the mark and she's like i know oh and she went back there and, and she she didn't take the mark you know what I don't want to have to go through that. I don't want to have to wonder what would I do in that, that instant. I just want to know that when that trumpet sounds, I'm going to go. I'm going to be ready. And it just takes believing that he is believing in Jesus and what he's done for you and then confessing it with your heart. And then when that trumpet sounds, we'll leave a pile of clothes here. We'll leave this building for the Antichrist. Because when he goes, man, when he comes, that's it. We're out of here. Amen. But are you confident in that today? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, here we are before you today with a big decision in our hands. Do we believe in you? Do we believe in Jesus? Do we have it in us to confess that Jesus is Lord? Do we have it in us, God, to make that stand with you? Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I need to make that confession today. I need to make that confession with my heart today. I need to confess Christ. I believe in God. I believe that Jesus is his son. And I want to make that confession today with my heart. If that's you today, just raise your hand and wave at me right now. Amen. 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 Come on, anybody else? Wave at me right now. You want to make that confession a confession of faith. Don't wait. Today's your day. Amen. Amen. Come on. I know there's some of you here that aren't serving the Lord and you need to make that confession because you're going to leave this place. Amen. Okay. Why don't we all stand to our feet? Those that raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to be bold. Confession of your heart to come to the front right now. Just come on. Come on to the front if you may raise your hand. I've seen you, so just come. Come on. If you didn't raise your hand and you want to come, come anyways. I got somebody that's going to meet you. Donna, why don't you come up here? And... Come on. If you raise your hand, come on. Jake. I've seen more hands go up. You can just stand there, brother. It's okay. All right. 
Why don't we all say this together? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus. That he died for me and he rose from the dead. Jesus! Forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. Out of my heart. That was pretty weak. Out of my heart. I surrender all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jake, I'll let you pray for him. Listen, I know that more of you raised your hands, but you didn't come. Listen, if you prayed that prayer today and you meant it with your heart, it doesn't matter if you're here or if you're there. Know that you've made that commitment to Jesus. Amen. And I encourage you. I love this church. I've been here since 1975. So I'd encourage you to join a church. This is a good one. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand, huh?